Welcome to the Chiropractic Trust Podcast. The Chiropractic Trust has been created to protect, preserve, advance, develop, and adamantly defend practices of straight chiropractors who focus strictly on the location, analysis, and facilitation of correction of vertebral subluxation and ensuring that the choice of straight chiropractic care is made available to all humankind throughout their entire lives. The views of the interviewees do not necessarily represent those of the Chiropractic Trust. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another Chiropractic Trust podcast with your host, Damian Chisulo. Today, I have a very special episode with a guy I haven't talked to in a while and caught up with. This guy is an amazing gentleman. He is from the great state of Minnesota. His name is Trent Scheidecker, and he is one of the most unique people in chiropractic because of what he's done. He had a phenomenal practice, almost directly out of school, blew it up, as they say, but then also went a different direction and started to help other chiropractors by developing this franchise chiropractic model called Cairo Way. So we talk about that story. We talk about some of the um, ways that he stays intense and stays focused. He's one of the most focused individuals I have ever met. I kid you not. So I hope you enjoy the conversation with Trent and we look forward to uh, uh, this podcast episode. It was a great one. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast. Please share it with your friends. You never know how you'll influence someone else out there. So share the message and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Hello, everybody in podcast world. This is the Chiropractic Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Damian Chisulo, and I have a very special guest with me today from the great state of Minnesota, Trent Scheidecker. He is, uh, you may have heard him even mentioned on a couple other podcasts. I am excited from, I just was telling Trent from a selfish perspective, just to catch up. We were hobnobbing for a little while, uh, a couple years ago, and I haven't seen you in a bit, so I'm excited to uh, <laughs> catch up and rap and see what's going on, and um, I think I'm, I'm going to give a very brief background, but you're going to get to expand on that as much or as little as you want to, but you are the owner of a chiropractic franchise, Cairo Way, and it's based in Minnesota, uh, and you have you know, several locations now, and we'll get into all that good stuff, and that, for me, is where the story picks up, so I kind of know the origin of that story, but I wanted to start our conversation by asking you, what made you want to be a chiropractor? I never ask people that, and um, I just figured, like, when I was thinking about you, I kind of know how you started and everything, which we'll get into, but I don't know why you wanted to get into this great profession, so how'd you, how'd you get into chiropractic? What was the starter? Yeah, thanks for that question. Thanks for the intro. Um, but uh, before I get ahead of myself and answer that question, let me tell you this, man. I got goosebumps when you said uh, it feels good catching up because it has been a long uh, past couple of years of uh, putting my nose, um, not in the books, but more or less uh, working on the systems and working on the business and working on my practice, which I own. I own one practice, but then I work collectively with uh, seven other uh, chiropractors. And so, um, it's been busy and it's good to be back and um, I'm going to make it a, a very adamant point to uh, stay engaged with you after this conversation just like you and I uh, our next phone call so I appreciate you reaching out I think uh, this is just the start of something really special uh, 
So let's go back to, uh, like most chiropractors, I had a chiropractic experience, but if you go back before my chiropractic experience, I had um, no chiropractic care, and I was raised underneath a household of um, of uh, just a typical uh, mother and father who did their best to keep me healthy and tried uh, to do what I needed. Um, but when I started chiropractic in high school, my freshman year, my grandmother actually introduced me to her chiropractor. And when I started seeing him, um, I noticed a drastic improvement in my quality of life is how I say it. I saw uh, a, a great uh, um, change in my focus and my ability to concentrate. And I even notice an improvement with uh, my on the football field uh, performance. I was able to get out there and play um, high school football and even on to college football and uh, recover quickly uh, from, you know, game day injuries and bumps and bruises. And so uh, when I went off to undergrad in um, uh, Duluth, Minnesota for uh, the Minnesota Bulldogs, I, uh, it was kind of a no brainer. I wanted to be in the healthcare world, but when it was time to finally make up my mind on where I wanted to go, I just looked back on my personal experience and said it was a, it was a game changer for me. Why not go back to school and do the same for more kids, but uh, really with a mission and an emphasis uh, to reach even the younger generation. So not waiting till kids get into high school, but trying to uh, grow what, you know, a lot of our profession calls a pediatric practice. I call it a family practice. Um, And so I had a vision of, of becoming a chiropractor and helping more kids so they could have the same experience I had. Uh, that's awesome. You and you mentioned before we got on to that you're starting to do your own podcast, and I always think like there should be a. I do this podcast. A podcast is a very selfish thing in in some ways, and I. Uh, so this is my way of catching up with people and catching up with my friends. Yeah. But it's also my way of asking the questions through my own lens. And so I have a question for you, and you touched on it earlier. You already said, and and uh, there's a direction I'm sure we'll go with this, but. From the moment I met you, Trent, the thing that just exudes from who you are is self-determined, hard worker, motivated, and there's an intensity about you. And there's no – it's very obvious that this is a – fine instrument of your success. And so you mentioned like, oh man, you know, right away you said, oh, it was just innately came out of you like, hey man, I, uh, I've been working really hard these last few years, nose to the grindstone. And like, that's the only thing I know about you. So I assume you, you always were like that. So when you were telling me before, like you were starting a franchise and when I had first met you and you're, you know, this is the plan and this is the vision and you were doing great in your own practice when you opened it. And I said, oh, my gosh, like this kid, this sounds exhausting. Like, how does this guy stay motivated? You know, most people, most chiropractors, when they would have uh, great success in their own individual practice, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to go buy a Porsche or uh, maybe I'll, you know, hire an associate so I can golf more or something like that. You did the opposite. You were like, I'm going to franchise this thing. I'm going to expand on this idea. I'm going to implement it in a, in a unique way that no one else is doing. And so we can get into that part, but I just want to know, like, how do you stay so motivated? How, like, what motivates you? How do you stay motivated? How do you, uh, you know, keep, keep the ball rolling, so to speak? Yeah. Wow. I, that was a long ass introduction uh, yeah, for a very simple no. question, by the way, but 
you know, I'm, um, I'm reading, reading, I read, I love reading books. And one of the books I'm reading right now is just, you know, an emphasis on make sure that you stay modest in your day to day, uh, career. And, and, and I, I appreciate all that, um, applaud for my work and my determination. I, uh, I'll accept, I'll accept the, the description as pretty, pretty damn accurate because, uh, that's just who I am. And, uh, to give you the shortest answer in the most modest way, because, you know, we all have different whys in life and why we do what we want to do. But, um, it's pretty, it's pretty, to me, it's, it's about people and it's about, um, it's just about leadership. I think, I think when it boils down to it, it's probably not the answer you're looking for, but I'm not out to, to cash out. I'm not out to, retire young I, I, I envy uh, uh, Joe D for still practicing and I envision myself practicing in time uh, I've been in the profession for a long time and uh, I think my big why is is my family I want to provide a, uh, a good life for them so that they have years of good relations with me and I want to provide a good service to my community I want to be known for for being the, the local town chiropractor and uh, and also I want to step up and really definitely help out the profession because um if it's not me then who is it you know it's uh, someone like yourself or someone like mark romano or you name it there's plenty of leaders in the profession but uh, there's always room for more leadership within the profession so my why is to contribute to the profession it's uh it's just it's a special special career to be able to say that you can you know locate analyze and facilitate the correction of subluxation for a better expression of the body's innate intelligence and and to do that you know over and over and over and over and over again and see it and feel it and hear these people um come in and just you know give you hugs and and gratitude for being just a, a chiropractor i think uh, that's reason enough to do what I do. So is that a fair answer? Yeah, that's, hey, it's your answer. That's, it's good enough for me. So let's talk about the specifics. So for people who don't know you, let's break down your career arc a little bit. Uh, give me a little primer of like, how did you start? How did uh, Cairo Way come to fruition? Uh, you started, I imagine, your own practice or, you know, what was the impetus behind that? And then how did it uh, expand? Tell me that. And honestly, I kind of remember you telling me, but I don't remember the full yeah. story. So I yeah. Don't yeah, I'll give you the full story, but I'll try to keep it uh, clear note orientated it started when i was in school at northwestern health sciences university it's a great school to uh, to pass your boards um i pass all my boards i've actually um have even done additional board exams and have passed those um and so it's a great school it teaches you exactly what you need to know um to, to become licensed um but Halfway through my career, uh, we had a guest speaker by the name of Reggie Gold uh, come up to our school, and he was um, doing a presentation in front of the whole school. Somehow he got on the campus. I don't know how he got on campus, but there's probably like 250 students there. And I believe I even brought my wife with me, or she was my fiance at the time. And we sat there and we listened to his presentation. And I was in the front row, uh, or within one of the front rows, and he did the letter N lecture. And this was uh, probably like 2009. Um, so he was definitely ending his career, his uh, legacy on that conversation about body chemistry and about how chiropractic can literally improve your overall performance. And to that point, I never heard of chiropractic being a performance-related uh, 
option for delivering services. And so I was intrigued to learn more about Reggie. And uh, sure enough, at the end of his presentation, Reggie said, if there's any students that want to come spend a weekend with me and Irene in Pennsylvania, you guys are welcome to come out and uh, we'll host you. You just got to buy the airplane ticket and you can spend the weekend. And so out of 200 some students, there was me and uh, I believe four other students. I think there was five of us or maybe four of us, but uh, we all got together and we bought some tickets and kind of had no idea what we were getting into and uh, went out there and we got there late one night and spent the night in his condo. And then the next morning we woke up not really having any idea what we were going to do. He uh, sent us to a bunch of chiropractors offices around the area in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and uh, chiropractors like uh, Joe Strauss and uh, um, Mark Olstein's office and um, there's one other chiropractor as well. It's not coming to the top of my head, but uh, long story short, it didn't take long to visit these chiropractors and see that they had a passion for um, promoting regular chiropractic care, promoting chiropractic care in a affordable, convenient, family-friendly practice office. And uh, from there is history. I came back to Northwestern and started writing my business plan for my practice and came up with the name and bought the URL and found a location in Woodbury, Minnesota and, and uh, opened my practice. I believe it was literally like maybe two weeks after I graduated. I had it all prepped and ready to go. And so I got licensed um, on the first of the month and I opened up and had two or three new clients join that day and uh, the rest is history man once I opened up that first office in, in Woodbury I just had some colleagues come knocking on my door saying they wanted to practice with me and we decided um, at that time it would be in everyone's best interest to own their own locations and to do that you need to have a franchise company um, franchising out some systems and brand branded uh, trademark and so I took it upon me to learn what it takes to be a franchisor and so my wife and I created a franchise company and I have that franchise company and then I have my first office where I still practice out of and and uh, I don't know what I guess we could get into more details on it but we currently have eight locations in the state of Minnesota and we've got one coming in Wisconsin here shortly and we're having fun. We're learning and we're helping each other and it's uh it's a good practice. It's a good system. Now that's awesome. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit more about that, but before I do, uh it sounds like and I think if I'm remembering your story correctly from when we spoke together last, you you were sort of one of those, like you started out of school and you said you had a couple people sign up the first day or week or whatever, and you were kind of like a rocket ship, right? Your practice really took off. Is that correct or no? Yeah, I mean, you can't really franchise uh, something that isn't working is the best way to say it. And if you are franchising, you got to have systems and procedures and uh we have com we have company software, so I started developing software. Um, shortly after I opened my practice, I found some uh, software developers to write code for me, and so we have uh, really unique uh, procedures and systems that are all within the within the Cairoway business model that allows us to to have a, a greater impact on a lot of people, and so. 
I, yeah, I, I, I mean, what do you define success as? I think success to me was I, uh, you know, got to uh, pay off a ton of student loan debt and uh, got to provide for my family. And, and, um, and yeah, I mean, people are coming back and still coming in 10 years later. So to me, success is, uh, kind of a well-rounded sphere of of different things happening. And so, yeah, we had great success right when we opened, and uh, we've also had lots of changes as well. So we definitely don't still have the practice that I had back then, but our new new model and our current model is still very uh, well-driven and well-received. And, yeah, so is that that kind of where you were going? Well, (laughs) yeah. Can I be modest in my answer? No, I I understand. And, and, uh, you know, be as modest as you want. You should be in your comfort zone. But the the context that I'm thinking of is there are so many people who, uh, and myself included, I'll use myself as an example. (laughs) So when I graduated school, I expected to, man, I'm going to unlock this door and I'm going to sit there and it's going to be tough to beat these people down who are screaming (laughs) to the door. And it did not, and it was one of the greatest shocks to my, my ego my like every fiber of my being of understanding why in the world I was months into practice seeing four visits a week and two of them were my parents you know and <laughs> and I'm sitting there and and so many people struggle and I think so many people um, and and my personal struggle drove me away from uh, quote unquote a straight practice or a non therapeutic practice the kind that you're describing my my initial struggle took me to the world of like well I better start taking insurances because that's what everybody wants and I better start taking personal injury cases because that's what everybody wants and my my lack of success was met with fear and that fear drove me to make choices that I thought were would create an easier path and it seems like you are one of those uh, rare folks, and I don't believe it happened by accident. It's not like you just sort of rolled, you know, rolled uh, the the lucky number. It didn't happen by accident, and and so um, there's so many people who struggle when they come out of school, and it seems like you did better than the average. You were at the top end of the bell curve, and I'm wondering, like, what do you attribute that to? How were you able to come out of school, have this simplistic practice model, this basic idea, but you were able to translate that well to people right from the get go. Well, that's, that's fair. And you were talking and I appreciate your honesty and clarity on, on where you've been because just this hearing, you know, how tough the struggle is when you open your practice, man, um, it, you know, just because I've had a lot of great results in practice doesn't mean it was easy either. And uh, I know that it, looking back and I'm almost been in practice for 10 years now, looking on the, looking back on the past 10 years, if, um, if I looked back on my journals and I looked back on what I was focused on, my focus was really on one thing, Damien, and that was making sure that I provided uh, the best communication and educational experience that I could. So I clearly articulate what I do do and what I don't do. Um, I spend um, uh, all my time and energy when they're in my practice on delivering the best visit. And obviously all chiropractors should have this focus, you know, but my, my job was to make sure that they were free of subluxation. And so I wanted to be um, an expert 
expert chiropractic adjuster. I wanted to be um, known for uh, being able to provide a really quick, affordable, efficient uh, visit that tailored great results at the end of it. And so um, I realized in order to do that, I had to get people into my office to experience what I wanted to deliver. And so um, I spent um, a ton of time and energy within the community and a ton of time and energy online building a brand. Um, we focus um, our franchise on this uh, three-legged stool. And we'll, what we say is uh, um, you got to have um, a brand, you have to have systems, and you have to have training. And so those three coming together, the brand, the systems, and the training coming together are going to deliver the experience. And I believe you were at one of the summit presentations. Weren't we there when I talked about the customer experience? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that seems like yesterday. But to me, it really comes down to that that person's inside your practice. What do they see? What do they hear? What do they experience? And uh, And what are they receiving from you and they're going to walk out and they're going to share that. And, and then all of a sudden they start referring in. We have friends and family week next week. We do, um, we do some pretty cool marketing where we promote referrals with our practice. It's a very referral driven practice. And this week when I was adjusting, I had probably um, just a, at least a dozen of my clients, you know, say, Hey, what are the, you know, what do I got to do to get my wife in? What do I got to do to get my friends in? Cause you got friends and family week next next week and I want to know more like how does it work what do I got to do and so having someone um, ask you what the best way for a referral uh, to take place is I mean that's to me the the ultimate expression of a successful practice where um, they want their friends and family coming in and experiencing what they are and all of a sudden you got this whole um, you got this whole business model and you got this whole package where you're just uh integrator in there, you know, having fun doing what you love doing, which is getting people adjusted. And uh, it just grows. It turns into a culture more or less. And that's, so let's, let's speak to that culture for a second. So there's um, another point where people struggle, whether it's early on in practice, what, even if you've been around the block for a little while, or if you're converting your existing practice to uh, our type of practice, which is, uh, you know, what, what we're loosely calling now a non-therapeutic style of practice, right? So it's not oriented around symptom care. It's not oriented uh, around, uh, you know, that type of approach. It's around, like you said, earlier location and detection of uh, vertebral subluxation and adjusting that and that's that so how do you go about in your process and your model how do you go about converting people away from their symptom talk even if it's something as simple on a daily basis like oh Trent I have to tell you my hip is really hurting today like you know how do you address those simple things in your office I think as silly as it sounds a lot of well-seasoned practitioners struggle with that on a daily basis because the, they're seeing a high volume and these people keep coming at them and all of a sudden it's like, boy, where are all these complaints coming from, you know? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, when I first started in practice, I used to have a lot of people come in and then staff come in and then seeing me because I used to be very hard-headed in the conversation over symptomology. And uh, I got that from my um, limited understanding, I think, of um, of um, a limited understanding of there's got to be a little bit of empathy involved with uh, these are people. And so um, I've grown over the past couple of years and not getting so worked up if people um, don't understand as much about the human body as I do um, or as most chiropractors do. And so um, I spend more time um, talking myself down and not getting so short with people that have maybe some stupid questions or some um, comments that maybe don't uh, give us the most information about where they need to be properly adjusted. And so um, I think a lot of um, a lot of the struggles that uh, young chiropractors or students coming out of school are getting um, or will have or will encounter is in the realm of um, understanding that uh, symptoms are a part of life. I tell my clients that if um, you're six feet underground, that's the only time you're not going to feel symptoms. And so if you're feeling something, you know what, that may be an intelligent communication from your body um, and it may be telling you something. And so um, I, I have my practice um, boiled down to um, a, co- a couple simple principles uh, for new clients. And one of the principles that I share on the first visit is that the body has this innate intelligence and it wants to express harmony. It wants to be in a state of harmony. Um, but just because um, you may feel like you're not in a state of harmony doesn't mean that that expression that you're feeling um, isn't actually part of harmony. So what that means to me is um, sometimes the body will let you know um, that something's not right, just like if you put your hand on a hot stove. And so if I put my hand on a hot stove and I feel the pain or I feel the heat, that's exactly what I should be feeling. There's nothing like that. That's not a bad uh, neurological communication. Are you with me on that? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so uh, what I tell my clients is, um, you know, I'm not here to make uh, the pain go away. I'm not here to determine whether or not the pain needs to go away. I'm here to remove interference um, at the spinal cord level to any interference of uh, that neurological communication, what we term in our profession mental impulses. And so um, the body's um, state of harmony, uh, what we refer to as innate intelligence, uses the neurological system uh, to communicate um, and to coordinate harmony. And sometimes those symptoms are supposed to be there. I'm not the one to judge that. I was just reading in uh, um, in my book this morning by Senzin. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend. It's called Palmer Chiropractic Green Books, The Definite Guide by Simon Senzin. Excellent book. I just finished it um, a couple months ago, but now I'm using it as a reference guide for, for my blogs and my podcast. And um, D.D. Palmer actually talked about, um, about uh, right when he started, right when he founded chiropractic, um, he actually talked about it in his chiropractic's birthday next week, 
which is pretty cool. So um, he talked about non-therapeutic, and he said chiropractic is non-therapeutic because um, what he said at the time is we're looking for the cause to your problem, and we're not treating symptoms. And so um, I, I had that same conversation in a more modern conversation tone with my clients, but I tell them, listen, um, I, I will monitor your symptoms due to compliancy, and I will um, make sure that there doesn't need to be um, any other uh, healthcare professionals that need to be involved in their state of well-being. Um, but my job is not to make your symptoms go away. My job is to remove interference so your body can be in a more proper state of uh, well-being is, is the easiest way I can say it. People understand that. I, you know, I don't have too many people that say, well, that's not fair. That's not what I want. I'm going elsewhere. And maybe that's because our brand is so well orientated, having people wanting the type of care that we offer that I don't get people that necessarily come knocking on my door asking for me to put um, ice or heat on their, you know, hot, low back, and then asking for some sort of therapy. I just, that's just not the brand that we have. And so, that's part of, you know, our package that we try to wrap together with Caraway is making sure that your ideal client is coming into your practice too. <laughs> so, so, you know, don't just accept everyone into your practice because some people actually do need therapy and the last person you want to take care of is someone that shouldn't be in your office, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. So we're, so now we, uh, now we have this interest. And by the way, just a quick um, stop for a second. That uh, answer that you gave, there is so much great philosophy baked in the cake of that answer that uh, it's awesome. And whoever's listening to this podcast, you should rewind a few minutes and let that marinate again because it was a um, it was a really good answer. But that's that's how you do it. And of course, you know, in a, in the the course of your day, when there's 30 people waiting for you and you have to give that, you give it in a different, little more succinct yes. way. But you would. Um, but that's the that's the communication. And this this idea has been set up from the moment they walked in the first day and so when they're testing that boundary and seeing if you're really if you really think that way and you give the the same rock solid answer they're understanding and it's reinforcing you know uh the answer to them yeah so, yeah people people get it people people want to people want to be uh led right reggie gold used to say this i don't know if you remember this one but i uh I love it. It's people are like wet spaghetti. Uh, they mm. want to be uh, pulled. They don't want to be pushed. Okay. So don't yep. push your practice members into what the type of care you have. You need to lead them into what you have to offer. So, so now people are listening and they're going, man, this guy's cool. I like this Trent guy. What is that Cairo? What Cairo way? Or I'm going to look that up and they're going to go to your website and they're going to, um, we're going to shift gears here and they're going to look you up and they're going to say, oh, cool. Oh yeah. Pricing. Okay. I'm going to click on that. And they're going to say, oh my goodness, this guy is giving away the farm. How can he have a successful practice with these modest fees like that? And so we're going to get into a discussion for a moment if with your permission that I haven't gotten into for a long yeah. time because yeah. for me the horse is it, the horse is dead it, it's long been beaten to death and I'm, I'm mentally over it but to someone new who's new to I our type of practice yeah. or or trying to yeah. switch it might be a, a new conversation where they're saying oh my gosh the insurance insurance around here a PI case they'll pay me 50 bucks a visit and this guy's charging much less than that what is going on and he lets people come multiple times a week and what is happening 
happening here. So let's get into, and maybe this will delve even into uh, ideal client or, or, or whatever, but how in the world or why in the world <laughs> would you offer fees that modest? Yeah, so let's uh, let's do a disclaimer. Or I'll say when affordable. Out, yeah, when I do, uh, when I went out and visited Joe Strauss's office, and I was a student, he uh, taught me about affordability, and um, uh, he was doing box on the wall at the time. He's no longer in practice, but um, he made a comment then, and I'll make a disclaimer to everyone listening: uh, your fees do not build your practice. And Reggie Gold always taught uh, Joe Strauss uh, uh, that, and Joe Strauss shared that with me and I'll share that with anyone who's listening your fees do not build your practice your fees to me the fees are the frosting on the cake and the frosting on the cake is kind of more like uh, uh, the aftertaste more or less and so I bundle everything together into a package that allows me to see people um, you know, on a weekly basis, I'm, uh, 90, 99% of my recommendations are come see me once a week. I make recommendations, um, to see people that are driving 30, 45 minutes away. I'll say, come see me one to two times a month. Um, and then, you know, there's a, a small percentage of people that I'll even make a recommendation if they're current condition isn't optimal, I'll make a, a recommendation of coming in twice a week. And so my, my frequency recommendations um, and my overall practice model that says um, a chiropractic care can be a, a positive, proactive approach to promote more well-being, uh, which enhances your overall quality of life, um, that is something that people can do for a lifetime. And so um, I've been in practice for 10 years, and I have a practice full of people that have been with me uh, for many, many years. Um, we're talking, uh, I still have some people that have been with me for 10 years. And so if you do the math on that, and I don't have my calculator open right now, um, but it's, it's, a fair, it's a fair wager, it's a fair um, uh, a recommendation to come see me on a weekly basis for a lifetime uh, for what I offer my services at. Um, you know, I don't know what else to tell you other than um, it really boils down to helping as many people as you can and getting whole families under care. You know, uh, um, uh, individual in my, my practice in Woodbury uh, will pay me $69 a month to come in four times a month, and a family will pay me something over 100 and like 150 bucks a month or something like that. So I think between 69 and 150 bucks a month is a fair wager for providing a lifetime amount of chiropractic adjustments that's just I think it's fair so when you keep Some people uh, may disagree <laughs> yeah but that's okay right um, yeah and you know, yeah. and and um, and I think they should have the right to disagree, right? They should have the right to disagree yeah. and do it how they want, and they should let you do it how you want and have the right to do yeah. it your way, right? The um, so that being said, you have these people who are sticking around for ten years, and soon it's going to be fifteen years, and soon it's going to be twenty years. Do you foresee a time where you'll not be able to take new people at your office? Like where, where you'll have to stop friends and family day because, I mean, there has to, there has to be a breaking point, right, where there's so many people yeah. that day that you can't accommodate them. Yeah, you know, I think it boils down to those three, that three-legged stool, you know, make sure you have a good brand and make sure you have systems to support your brand and the training to handle it. I don't know. I'm, uh, I, uh, <laughs> 
I, if there's a day where I have to stop accepting new clients, um, man, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't have an answer to that other than I'll just, you know, ask for more help. I think you can surround yourself with really good people to accomplish really big things. And if, if my practice gets to be that stage, I don't, and then I'll surround myself. But, you know, back in the day, Damon, you said you asked me a question about all my success and I was modest in my answer. I'll make one plug. I was, um, I was on a, on a roadmap. Uh, and I never did achieve it, but I was on a roadmap to, I wanted to see over a thousand people a week. And I was just shy of that when I was seeing a very high volume practice of like 850 a week. And that's, um, no, no, uh, no appointments, one chiropractor. And I, I thought it was, it was physically exhausting, but I thought it was fun. I think it's easier to see a lot of people than it is uh, to see less people. So, um, I'm right around 400 a week right now and I enjoy it. And I think, um, over the next couple of years, I'd like to get it up closer to 500, 600 a week, um, just to, to have even a healthier practice. But, um, I don't envision ever saying no to someone. It's just, uh, how about not tonight, which I do often people will come in and I'll say, I can't take you tonight, but I can take you tomorrow morning or I can take you the following day. And so there's always that opportunity where it's a little bit quieter or maybe a, a better time to take on someone. Is that a fair answer? It's a, it's a lovely answer. Uh, but you, you, uh, so I have a lot of other questions here, but I want to just do another quick aside just for math purposes. So you, you stepped out of the modesty box and you said that you had this booming practice and now you're not seeing as many people. Is that because did you have like a second chiropractor come in or you just made a conscious choice to not see as many or how did that work? Uh, no, I changed my uh, package. So I used to offer uh, monthly fees for more visits and I've uh, toned down the amount of visits I uh, offer in my package now. So that's a good question. I, I have, I, I had an associate that was working with me for three years. He unfortunately um, was just recently injured and is no longer practicing chiropractic. Um, but I'll, I'll bring in another associate to, uh, to help me in my endeavors. But uh, the change in volume um, was strictly uh, billing purposes, uh, which is a whole nother podcast episode. And uh, I yeah, don't know. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There's a, I want to have a, I want to have a special like money podcast one time where we just talk about money yeah. and poverty mindset and debt. Uh, and in yeah. fact, I want to ask one. So we'll sort of uh, dip our toe in the water. And if you, um, I, I don't know if this is outside the box for what you want to answer or not. But there was a long time ago we had a conversation. We were in Atlantic City, and we were sitting yep. there. And we were waiting for the seminar to start, so we decided to sit at the bar and and chat it up a little bit. And I think you said that you were on a panel one time with a couple other chiropractors and you were very young in your practice, maybe only a couple years out if I'm remembering properly, and there were three chiropractors. And I think someone from the crowd asked something about student loans. And the other two chiropractors on the panel, if I'm remembering correctly, like they were much older than you, but they still were, t still were mentioning their student loans, like they had active student loans. And you were like, at the time, you were like, man, I don't want to be that guy. Like, no way do I want to be practicing you know, 15, 20 years and I have student loans. Do you still have your student loans? You know, that's a, uh, I, I didn't know you were going to ask that question, but I knew that you and I have had this conversation and I applaud you for paying yours off. I've kept an eye on all your success in life. And, uh, 
Yeah, I do not have student loans, Damien. I, um, I, you know, you asked me earlier on what was, uh, you know, your, what's your driving passion? And one of my driving passions is not to make a lot of money, but I'll definitely tell you it is uh, not to be in debt. I don't think uh, um, I just grew up in a household where uh, where it taught me that uh, being in debt is not in, in anyone's favor. And so um, I have been blessed to uh, be student loan debt free for the last uh, four years, and uh, I get to choose to go to practice. It's a pretty different feeling, to be honest with you. Um, there is, um, besides, you know, um, uh, you know, the commitment of my uh, commercial lease contract, really that's the only commitment I have on doing what, and obviously I have franchisees that I'm committed to, to working with, but I get, to, I, I, there, I go to practice not because I have to, but because I want to, and, uh, it's different. It's completely different, uh, making recommendations and billing people and, uh, and having a fun time in practice because it's something that, um, you get to do not because you have to do it. I'll tell you what, Trent, so since you were honest, I'll be, uh, I'll open up a little bit too. So I paid off my student loans and I have to say that the, the journey from, uh, I'm older than you, right? So I went through a period of not paying them and ignoring them and poverty mindset and I didn't have my head screwed on straight in that regard. And I made a shift and I have to say that journey of making that mental shift to pay them off early and do the sacrifice that it takes to make double and triple payments or more on a student loan payment every month. Uh, that journey has taught me so much and it is, like you said, so freeing. So my next freedom goal for myself is I don't have student loans. I don't have any uh, debt, so to speak. Uh, I, I keep my, actually my home has a little mortgage on it because the interest rate is so, so low and we're uh, just going to grind that out for a little bit. But um, my goal is to go into practice and be financially free. So I want to be yeah. like, have no, so I want to, I, I'm, I feel like I don't have any debt. I don't have any you know, bills per se to pay, but I want to go in there being so free that I'm literally going in there knowing in the back of my mind that I could stop anytime if I wanted to and I can do whatever I want. So that's my, my next goal. I'm hoping to hit it by yeah. 50, but I don't know if I'll make it, but I'm going to try to hit it by 50. I'm 44 next month. So we'll say. Cool. Good for you, man. I'll join you in that mission because uh, there is plenty of uh, future podcasting that we could do just on financial freedom. And uh, it, the, the, the world really is an oyster and uh, it's what you put into it and uh, it has a ton of potential. So don't get down on yourself if you are sitting there listening to this and you have student loan debt. Um, but you gotta, you gotta get some mentors like, uh, Dave Ramsey or any of the financial gurus. Um, uh, John D. Martini was a big uh, mentor of mine, a former chiropractor and now like billionaire, you gotta be able to have a mindset of abundance. And, uh, at the same time, um, have a mindset of just being able to live on a budget and pay off what you owe. What's your, so speaking, so now we're talking about the, the future. What do you, where do you see Cairo Way? What's the, the vision for Cairo Way in the future? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, w I wish, uh, I wish I could, um, I wish I could fast forward the future and just have what, what I think is, uh, is available, but that's not the way the, the universe works. And so there's lots of zigzags and ups and downs and, uh, I've experienced plenty of them in the past couple of years and, uh, I will be ready for more in the future, but my goal, uh, right now, 
um, in the next five years is to take a local brand. We're considered in the franchising industry an emerging brand, and that's a franchise that has under 20 operating units. And so the next five years, I'd like to take us out of that emerging brand, um, and I'd like to get into um, a more regional brand where we can uh, be very um, economically strong in the Midwest. And so uh, with uh, with the brand awareness uh, that could bring us into Wisconsin and Iowa, and of course here in Minnesota, um, you know, down the road, that may be 25 years from now, or it could be sooner than that, depending upon how many curves and ups and downs there are, um, we can get to that national level uh, with, with the right systems and procedures, which is underway. That's been the goal. You know, you said we haven't chatted in a long time. Uh, I've been writing software for the last, uh, you know, six years, but the last four have been extensively on uh, chiropractic compliance, which I never in, in the world of of, uh, of chiropractic ever considered myself um, uh, with a heavy interest in compliancy or, um, or record documentation. But over the past couple Couple of years, I've been blessed to have that opportunity to. Uh, be, that's kind of like my side job is, or not even my side job. It's been my focus in making sure that our franchise units have systems that are. Um, going to lower the amount of risk that they have when they, um, you know, encounter their day-to-day operations and uh, lowering your risk through others' uh, uh, trials and errors is a great, uh, great service to provide young students or to even a chiropractor who's been in the profession. I got a new franchisee that's been practicing for 15 years as an associate and he was just no, didn't want to be an associate anymore. He wanted to try to open his own business, but he, you know, needs to fast forward time because he doesn't have 15 years to, to create the system. So, uh, you know, reached out to us and said, you know, teach me what I need to know. Just give me, give me the high points. I need to know the do's and the don'ts. And so, um, with that, uh, in mind, I think that the future is going to, uh, provide us with unity and, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, in a fun endeavor, regardless of the amount of uh, units we have. I can't give you a number just because it's uh, too tough to to project, if that's fair. Yeah, sure. Um, There was something uh, I was going to ask, and it just just left my head. Most of your your folks are, are, oh, that's what I wanted to ask. All of your franchises are chiropractor owned and operated, right? Is that, that's correct. There's, they're all owned by chiropractors. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, that's the, the benefit of being a chiropractor is you have this opportunity to be in a, either an entrepreneur or business owner, however you want to define it. And I think that's something that franchising shouldn't take away from the chiropractic community. I think franchising within the healthcare world um, it has been proven a success. And I think uh, franchising within our chiropractic profession um, has that same potential. So uh, being able to pass along as many business orientated uh, systems and procedures and training uh, to a young uh, young student coming out of school to me is is my newfound passion. I have just as much, if not more, passion for business um, as I do for chiropractic, and I think uh, 
part of that maybe resides in that goal of, you know, being debt free and helping more chiropractors uh, get to that, uh, that stage where they can say uh, that they don't have any symptoms as well. It is a, it is an awesome thing. It's an awesome gift. And, you know, you mentioned uh, you can't wait for the future, I'll tell you, but um, in a weird twist of irony, when I made my last student loan payment, there was a weird emptiness that came along. I don't know if you felt that too, like the, the journey was so enthralling, you know, and so, and so wonderful and exciting that like when you pay it off and you get to that future point, you're kind of like, well, now what, you know, you have to have those other things down the line. So you were saying before, like, I would love to see 20 years down the line, but don't fa- try to fast forward too fast. Cause the journey is the most fun part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not about uh, what you get. It's about who you become. So make sure you're aware of the ups and downs and what they're making you. Jim Rohn always talked about that or has plenty of quotes. It's not, uh, uh, what you get, it's who you become. So, yeah, I, we're, love, uh, I love quotes. You love quotes too. When I go on your Cairo Way, like the blog or your even your personal Facebook page or the Cairo Way Facebook page, like it's loaded with cool quotes and motivation stuff. Your your mind works like mine, so it's cool. Yeah, you you know, talking about quotes, uh, um, I was I had my nose in a book, uh, and I believe. Again, it was that uh, Simon Sendon's uh, Palmer Chiropractic uh, Green Book Definite Guide. Uh, B.J. Palmer was a, a genius of quotes, right, with his epigrams. And uh, um, one of his quotes that he said um, uh, hundred, well over 100 years ago uh, is a quote that I don't know if you ever heard of Eric Thomas, but Eric Thomas uh, talks extensively on, um, and, you know, I, I know I uh, – I can, I will, I must. I can, I will, I must. And B.J. Palmer had plenty of positive quotes that he shared within our profession. And and if uh, if you need to get your practice humming to a new level, start there. Just start putting up some B.J. Palmer quotes, some Reggie Reggie Gold quotes, some um, and, and D.D. Palmer even had some good stuff in his very first green book. I think the quotes are endless in nature uh, to to intertwine within our profession. Our profession is currently ahead of the curve in leadership development. I think chiropractic uh, more or less created it. B.J. Palmer created it. So, yeah, why wouldn't you love quotes? Um, okay, my friend, we are going to do – so I, I do uh, every podcast I like to do – I stole this from another podcast, but I like the idea of the, the uniformity at the end of the podcast. Four questions. And so I ask everyone yeah, yeah. these four questions. So I'd like to ask you – you've touched on a bunch, but uh, is there anything on your mind about a favorite book, chiropractic or otherwise, that you'd recommend? You've recommended a few already, but – well, yeah, I'm looking at them right now. If, if uh, my favorite books are the blue books and has definitely uh, by Joe Strauss uh, uh, has been a big, big, big uh, part of my success in practice and, and, uh, and per- even personal life as well. So all of Joe Strauss's blue books, I'll give a shout out to without a doubt. Cool. Um, who has been your greatest chiropractic influencer, alive or dead? That'd be red to gold. Me too, me too. And then uh, third, a little personal, any big mistake you made money-wise? Any big money mistake that you wish uh, you had a do-over for something? Um, money mistake? I, um, 
You know, I, I I don't know if it's a mistake, but I will tell you I've poured thousands and thousands of dollars into um, software and attorney bills, um, and um, it's not a mistake per se, but anytime you're paying your attorney or anytime you're calling your software developer um, to fix something because it's not working properly, uh, kind of boils along that line. And so um, the the amount of money I've invested into our custom software and our, our training material and our systems and our brand at Caraway um, has been the, the best uh, mistake of all because if you're not making mistakes, then uh, you're not you're not learning. And so if, uh, if you're not regretting some decisions, not regret, but if you're not looking back on what you've done and to where you've uh, gone and where you are now, then you're just not taking enough risk. And if there's no risk, there's no reward. So definitely attorneys and software developer uh, <laughs> checks have, have, have been high in the past. Man, I can't wait to see. Someday I'm going to get myself up to Minnesota and see this software because it sounds pretty snappy. So. I want to check it out someday. Anytime, um, uh, last question, my friend. Uh, your favorite part of having a non-therapeutic chiropractic office? Uh, my favorite part would be, you know, I get students that come out on a regular basis from school and uh, for them to see it, their jaws kind of drop. But uh, my favorite part is the um, – the simplicity and uh, and effectiveness and um, affordability and the convenience all rolled into one. So if I can see, you know, let's just say a hundred hundred members in in a six hour shift, and uh, you do the math on that, that's a that's a a, a streaming a streaming day. I mean, there's a lot of people coming and going, uh, but being able to do that day after day and and have fun doing it, and then them coming back and doing it again week after week, uh, there's just no better way to practice in my eyes than offering chiropractic care as a health promotional uh, endeavor for for all stages and all ages of well-being. I love it, buddy. Uh, Trent Scheidegger, Cairo Way, franchise founder and operator of his own location. Uh, it has been a pleasure, Trent. Uh, two questions, or two, two yeah. last statements here, and I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, catching up. This is one Thank of my you. favorites. I yeah. actually can't wait to do it again, and you invited me onto your podcast, so we're going to get to do it again yeah. soon. Um, yeah, sir, sir. Two things. One, if someone wanted to reach out to you, the best way to contact you, and also two, if, if there's anything else, uh, cherry on top that you want to add, you know, feel free to do it. Yeah, let's do the contact is easy. It's Trent at Caraway.com, T-R-E-N-T at Caraway.com. Shoot me an email, um, or you can just reach out to me online on any of the social media platforms. But email is always easier. I always get the social media stuff gets kind of lost in the in the transition. And I think my plug would be um, just, you know, the consistency that yourself and uh, and the others have demonstrated for for the profession and, and chiropractic as a whole with the trust man i know uh, i've been absent but uh just being here and being around you and having a conversation with mark romano 
um, a couple months ago makes me want to be around you even more. So I think the plug would be get out there and, uh, and, and invest in each other. I think that's what it really boils down to uh, is surrounding yourself with others um, and, and giving, giving it back in, in any way you can. So I look forward to, uh, to being surrounded with you guys a little bit more than the past, man. I think my nose is kind of coming out of the book. So I look forward to, uh, to our next conversation, man. I appreciate the, the opportunity to share a little bit about myself. I agree wholeheartedly. And, uh, and you are a busy, focused, and motivated guy. So for me to distract you for an hour of your time uh, is a, a precious gift for me. So thank you, Trent. And I, uh, I appreciate it. And I really can't wait to see you uh, again soon in the flesh, man. It'd be nice to, it's yeah, nice to talk the on the flesh. phone, but it'd be nice to uh, you know, chat it up face-to-face sometime. Let's do it, man. That sounds like a plan. Thanks for your time, Damien. Thanks for all yeah. you do. See you, brother. Uh, and I'm going right. to hang up and uh, uh, don't hang up real quick. I'm just going to stop. Yep. Uh, see you, everybody. The Chiropractic Trust has been created to protect, preserve, advance, develop, and adamantly defend practices of straight chiropractors who focus strictly on the location, analysis, and facilitation of correction of vertebral subluxation and ensuring that the choice of straight chiropractic care is made available to all humankind throughout their entire lives. The views of the interviewees do not necessarily represent those of the Chiropractic Trust.